In this corner, weighing in at 170 pounds, Dan, the man, Maloney! And in this corner, weighing in at 165 pounds, Chris Oakland! Fight! Welcome to the premiere episode of Hit the Ropes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Dan the Man Maloney. And we're here to bring you the saucy deets on everything WWE this week. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is your new weekly WWE wrestling podcast where Dan, the diehard fan, and I, your resident filthy casual, run you through the Raw, SmackDown, and NXT recaps give you the latest in wrestling news, and discuss a topic about the world of wrestling for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe down below and rate well elsewhere. It really does help us out. For those of you uh, unfamiliar with our other show, there's a flagship show that runs this channel called Hit the Books Podcast. That one's more of a comics-oriented show. If you look at our background, you'll see plenty of framed comic books uh, from the stage of that show. Uh, but we've added our new title belt to uh, signify that we are also dorks for wrestling. <laughs> uh, the comic show is hosted by uh, my good friend Emery Saunders and I. Uh, this show, obviously, led by Dan the Man Maloney, my brother, and I. And we hope to entertain you going forward. We do have uh, some more shows kind of in the pipeline that we're developing, but this is the one we felt we were most passionate about that we could be most inclusive with and uh, get out to you the easiest uh, in terms of manpower and time and investment. So we hope you enjoy the new show. If you have any suggestions for how we can improve the show going forward, you can always hit us up at htbvids on Twitter. You can email us at hitthebooksvids, V-I-D-S, at gmail.com. You can talk to us on our Facebook page, uh, forward slash hitthebooks. Um, and feel free to reach out in the comments here on YouTube or on Stitcher, on iTunes, where you can find this podcast and several more. And, uh, if you feel so kind, you can also think about, uh, considering contributing to the Patreon page for the overall channel, which is patreon.com forward slash hit the books. Uh, it's a monthly subscription service, although you can also donate, uh, one amount you know at one time if you feel more comfortable with that we do have uh tiers that uh we can award you and uh it really does go a long way to helping us maintain the show because it does cost a little bit of money we do this as a hobby for fun and we hope you enjoy it if you can't contribute that's perfectly fine we love to have you here watching listening and contributing to the show and we hope you'll stick around for many more with that let's get into the shows so first up we're going to talk about raw here I think we got to talk about the intro, which was uh, kind of a little bit of deja vu going into SmackDown as well. Mm-hmm. We had the uh, Becky introduction where mm-hmm. we really played into this apparent injury that Becky Lynch has uh, been dealing with mm-hmm. since her last match. At the hands of Nia Jax in the Royal Rumble, you'll recall, after she eliminated Nia, um, Nia 
threw her off the stairs and mm-hmm. uh, and she got an injury in her left knee. Um, not sure about how serious it is. She hasn't wrestled since that time. Um, so that's something that they uh, that Stephanie came out to address. Yeah, and it's it's uh, kind of building off of the whole accident. The real injury that mm-hmm. happened to Becky Lynch where Nia Jax, who is a flawed performer mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. at times, um, did break Becky Lynch's nose on stage and mm-hmm. created a great wrestling moment. Yeah. But uh, it seems to be that the narrative going forward is, I am big, strong, and can break you, will break you as much as possible. And you're going to have to overcome it to be the hero that we all think you're going to be. Yeah, a great example of how the WWE capitalizes on energy, whatever mm-hmm. energy it may be. Uh, you know, this is an industry where if you're getting booed a lot, it's a good thing. If you're getting cheered a lot, it's a good thing. They want to push that forward. So she yeah. got some legitimate heat from a lot of people, um, especially the fans, of course. Um, she dealt with uh, some negativity that may have been excessive at times. Because um, obviously mistakes do happen, although they happen a little more with her. Well, um, but negativity from social media. Yeah, you don't exactly. say. It's so unusual. Our character <laughs> for the Twitter community. It's uh, it's crazy to think about. Um, but they are capitalizing on that. They tried to go with the face breaker thing for a little while, which is still a nickname she's using a little bit. I would I kind of wanted to see her use that punch, and she hasn't used the punch in a match yet. She's kind of threatened it. She brings it up like she's gonna do it. Yeah. Um, I think she did that in a match last week where she was kind of pretending like, you know, here, here we go. Um, I think she did it to Becky in the rumble where she kind of threatened it. Like I'm going to do it again, but she hasn't used it in a match yet. I would love for that to be like a finisher, a knockout punch finisher, capitalize on the heat that she gets. She's getting the booze all the time. The fans haven't forgotten. And now they're building on it further. So it's a good way to capitalize on the heat. Um, but obviously it means more Nia Jax on our screens, which is, I'm not the biggest fan of course. Now again, (laughs) filthy casual here. But I think we could come up with something a little better than face breaker. Hmm. How about baby breaker? Since Becky Lynch is the baby face. Baby breaker. Oof. Baby breaker. Oof. A little bit of alliteration I there. Don't know. I th- it, it rolls off the tongue a little better. Yeah, well, I think that's tough for PG. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a little hardcore. I didn't say baby murderer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just... I, at the very least, regardless, I, I want to see that knockout punch as a finisher. I think they missed the boat. I think they might have missed the boat by now. I don't think it's fresh a enough to do that now. Yeah. But I like the fact that they have capitalized on her heat. They're bringing her out and making sure that the fans remember her and remember that they don't like her because there is, I think, right now, a Darth of of heels that generate real heat. I mean, you look at what Baron Corbin does. Mm-hmm. He's getting he's getting booed out of the building. Which is awesome. Goes, which is fantastic. Yep. But I think there are a lot of heels that are really struggling to get that heat. Of course, we've had this Bobby trend. Lashley. Yeah, we've had, yeah it's, it's either Drew McIntyre. I mean, he, he just yeah. gets non-reactions. And it seems like a lot of the time with heels these days, you're either getting no reaction or the fans are actually cheering you if you're doing too well at it. Yeah. So you get the Joe chance when he's coming out, which even is great. He's a total heel. I love him. Elias gets <laughs> Elias gets huge reactions as a heel yeah. or as a face. So it's good to see someone get some genuine heat. That's not yeah. something that that people have really been able to do from the heel perspective lately. So it's it's nice to see WWE capitalize on that for sure. Uh, and then leading into this uh, little promo at the beginning. Becky and Stephanie are arguing back and forth because Becky doesn't want to see a doctor about her knee, alleging that she doesn't trust the WWE and their doctors and their evaluations, and that she thinks that it's all a conspiracy to keep her out of WrestleMania, which she earned uh, in the previous Mm -hmm. pay-per-view. And Stephanie McMahon, you know, 
pleads innocent, says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the good guy here. I just don't want you getting hurt. It's our policy. We got to make sure that you are approved to fight and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Becky, in the end, decides she's going to beat the hell out of her and take the suspension that Stephanie has laid on the table mm-hmm. if she does not see the doctor. And uh, all chaos ensues, and uh, Becky is shown out the door. And in route, she runs into Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. who is the prospective mm-hmm. uh, title match mm-hmm. for WrestleMania, and has a little dialogue back and forth. Uh, we get a little cursing yeah, from Ronda Rousey. I said Advil B. Wow. <laughs> like a little PG throwing out the B word. Yeah, right. yeah they, they're pushing right, the Ronda. I like it. I like it. So how how'd you feel about the whole angle that they're trying to reach on Raw before yeah. we get to the SmackDown one? I was really struck by the parallels between that promo and what they did with Vince McMahon and Austin back in the late 90s. I, I saw a clip on Twitter just the other day of... Vince McMahon cutting almost an identical promo with Austin. In this case, Austin had gone to the doctor. He did have a knee injury. He wasn't cleared to compete. Yeah. And Vince was trying to do the same thing where he's kind of playing the good guy, but you really get the sense he's not such a good guy. Yeah. And he was using some of the same lines about, you know, all these people want to see you compete. We just want to see the best for you. We want to make sure you're taken care of. And yet you knew underneath that veneer, there was something, you know, devilish yeah. going on there with the McMahon. So there was a real parallel there. The difference here, and the one thing that kind of held me up was just if Becky is trying to avoid suspension because she doesn't want to miss her moment at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. then how is refusing to see the doctor and assaulting the boss going to help that? Because yeah. now you're getting the guaranteed suspension. So I understand she's hot-headed. She doesn't want to lose this. She doesn't trust the McMahons. But now she's in a no-win situation. So yeah. I'm interested to see where it goes. And it, for me, again, filthy casual here. I, I, you know, I was a big fan during the Attitude Era. You know, I know the legacy. I know the history. I've watched many of the documentaries. So I know kind of the background um, of many of these events and people, uh, performers, uh, and what have you. But uh, I, I had been a last fan up until you got me back into it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and rightly so, because there is some great action going on in the WWE right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say the in-ring product, mm-hmm. not necessarily out of ring, but I think the in-ring product is yes. better than it's ever been. I don't think there's ever been more total top-to-bottom talent on the roster than there is right yeah, now. Yeah, and I, I don't disagree at all, and uh, and that's as a Attitude Era fanboy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And the women's wrestling, especially, has drastically improved. Yeah, like revolution the, the, indeed. <laughs> the diva, the diva age was just a shit show, mm-hmm. and it was basically a pee break for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what everybody mm-hmm. used it as. It was the little you know catty drama where you got to see some flesh mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> on, on the yeah. screen a little bit, and you watch them scream and pull each other's hair yeah. for ten minutes while you use the bathroom and got yeah. some snacks and got a beer or whatever. Yeah, you hot know? girl cat fight teenage boy fantasy nonsense is yeah. what it was. And they even they even use like their legit scary wrestlers you know mm-hmm. the female wrestlers like china and stuff right in that fashion right. it was just it was it was gross right. it was you know basically what prevented i think a large female audience from joining mm-hmm. whereas Absolutely. that's definitely not the case anymore which Absolutely. is awesome and this whole becky stone cold you know illusion you're making is very mm. Very interesting because it it really shows how the women's wrestling uh, group has risen to that level, right? Uh, where they are main card products now, where they are 
becoming major contributors to the company and have been for a little bit of time here, f- right. last few years, apparently. Um, and this and is what the women's revolution looks like, is it's not just Stephanie McMahon going on TV and saying we're at, having our historic first whatever. Yeah. That's, an, that's part of it, and I understand that these are history-making events when they're progressing with the first Royal Rumble match, with the first Elimination Chamber match, first time headlining a pay-per-view. But the biggest part of the women's revolution is just allowing the women to do the same things the men do ultimately. And this is the first time we've really seen a female wrestler. Oftentimes better. Yeah. And this is the first time we've seen a female wrestler step into that top dog, badass, take no prisoners, get after it role where it's the, where she is now the ace. Um, I think she's developing into what could be a long-term ace. I think she is the ace right now. And that's really, I think the culmination of this women's revolution so far is just (laughs) seeing what Becky's doing, seeing that the company's behind her and I can't wait to see where she can go. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, with that on the table again, when I was seeing the promo, I was like, this is a weird angle because I'm pretty sure it's a fake injury. Now you, you can confirm or deny. Is it a fake injury? K-fabe injury. K-fabe. All right. (laughs) Got it. Um, But for me, I was like, this is a really weird angle since they didn't have the prior establishment that the doctor had said, no, you're injured. You can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. the Stone Cold situation, Mm -hmm. which brings a very interesting dynamic to SmackDown. Um, But we'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. But for Raw, I was was like, wow, this is really weird. Is this another writing mistake on the Raw Mm -hmm. crew again? Or is this something they're building up to that'll be pretty interesting going forward? And uh, after watching SmackDown, I think it's the latter. Right. We'll see. Yeah, it could be. It could be a deep and interesting angle. It could be as shallow as a saucer. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Next up, we had another Elias versus Jarrett uh, match there. Pretty cringeworthy. (laughs) Thankfully, I watched the Hulu kind of cut down of it, so I don't see the full episode. Really jealous of you for not seeing that. uh, uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't. <laughs> uh, Jarrett, it was a funny thing for the, the pay-per-view. Mm, like, mm-hmm. I okay, you had the one-time appearance. You had Hornswoggle and all that stuff in mm-hmm. there. Like, okay, that's fun. Yeah. You know, for the pay-per-view, it's a one-time thing. All right, throw him out there. Throw his old leotard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, guitar versus guitar. All right. Yeah. But I don't need to see it going forward. No. It, do- it doesn't need to continue being a thing. But uh, maybe that's just me. I, I, I suspect you, you feel the same. Uh, that was atrocious, abominable. It was hard to keep watching the show during that segment. Keep Jeff Jarrett off my TV. Keep Road Dog off my TV. I love what Road Dog did in the Attitude Era. I happen never to have loved anything Jeff Jarrett did. But keep, please keep them off my TV. This is not the way to build Elias. You're not helping him at all. You're not helping the show. You're not helping the viewers. Just let it go. And Elias, Elias is such an enigma for me. Again... Casual guy, only got back into wrestling really strongly this past year. Went to a few shows live with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the Christmas show in Columbus, Ohio here. Mm-hmm. Um, Starcade. Starcade down yep. in Cincinnati. Yeah, so and we got another one coming up in Dayton. We're going to SmackDown. Yes. So we've seen some pretty good shows, really gotten back into it and really passionate about it. Uh, but I feel like just Elias, is he has so much going for him, but nothing is really pushing him mm-hmm. to the next mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. he's like is he's terrible in the ring in my opinion like i find him very boring to watch yes. in the ring yeah but his shtick is fun yeah he has a great look yeah he looks like a dominating scary wrestler should you know big huge bulky yeah you know he ha- he fits every archetype except for the actual performance in the right. ring. And, and and that is an enigma, just as you describe it, because of the fact that these are usually the things that the WWE prioritizes. They prioritize look, your marketability, your fan reactions. 
Um, he's doing great at these things. His promos are fantastic. He's one of the best in the company on the mic. <laughs> the fans react to him everywhere he goes. And yeah, but the in-ring product to the WWE generally is not their priority. So this is actually something uh, I can't remember the source, but there was an insider that commented on this just a couple months ago, very publicly, where he said when they're evaluating who they're going to push, mm-hmm. they're looking at your marketability, they're looking at your look, they're looking at your speaking ability, then they're looking at your in-ring ability. And so he seems to fit the dynamic or the mold of the kinds of people that they want to push. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, it's kind of like a Rusev situation where you've got this guy that's got this energy, but they haven't been able to capitalize. And, and I'm not sure what the fix is. Yeah. So we'll monitor that going forward, but I, I really hope there's less Jared in it. Mm, please. Because I, I really think he's just going to drag Elias down. You know, they did mention on the show that Jeff Jarrett set the record for longest time between matches on Raw, and I think he should get right back to work on breaking that record. <laughs> Immediately. Uh, next up, uh, the next big match, uh, we had Finn Balor uh, versus Bobby Lashley? No. Versus Leo Rush, mm-hmm. uh, because Bobby Lashley has decided that he wanted Finn Balor in his injured state to prove that he was even worth his time mm-hmm. uh, in a title match. Um, I don't know how to feel about this. There's a, there's a. I think there's some good takeaways. I think Bobby Lashley is finally kind of breaking through a little bit. His mic work was a lot better during this match leading up to it. He did have the kind of mightier than you, you know, super confident asshole vibe going pretty well. And I think it might be because he's been working with Leo Rush and Leo Rush might be coaching him a little bit. Mm, yeah, because hope so. <laughs> at least from what I've seen, Bobby Lashley, I love Bobby Lashley just because he's got the huge bubble muscles and he just <laughs> looks like he should be a dominating force. Um, but his mic work is awful. Mm-hmm. It is. I think. Think you agree, but yeah, it, he's it, got the charisma of a wet shoe. It's it's been really hard, and like when he was doing the whole baby face thing, I thought it was appropriate to his look, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I don't think he was becoming that star baby face mm-hmm. just because he was so bad on the mic mm-hmm. and he never had an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I think this kind of gives him an opportunity to have an an interesting dynamic, and I think he's finally kind of getting it. But still, he has the biggest problem in the world that. The audience doesn't react to him at all. Right. Like, they don't boo him. Yes. They don't cheer for him. They right. don't chant for him. Nothing. Yeah. Like, we, I think we saw him at a Starcade. Is that where we saw him? Uh, or was it the Christmas uh, show? We saw him at the holiday show. Yeah. yeah he went against Elias. <laughs> oh, man. The, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't the best audience because it was right after Christmas. So, like, everybody was bringing their grandmas who yeah, got the tickets for them. Very casual. And a very lot casual. of, like, young children <laughs> that probably shouldn't have been there. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was a very kind of stoic audience, unfortunately, because I think most of the audience was just there because they gave it to whoever mm-hmm. enjoys wrestling mm-hmm. as a ticket or something. Yeah. A lot of people were reluctant attendees, I think. Yeah, people were holding back for sure. And um, that being said, it was dead silent mm-hmm. when Bobby Lashley and Elias yeah. were going at it. Just starkly, starkly, nothing. Silent. Yeah, nothing. Just I mean, you could hear a pin drop in there, and we were in you know Nationwide Arena, the Blue Jackets Arena, and it's it's a pretty big venue, and it's usually pretty loud in there yeah. with the cannons and the music and everything, but just nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a check my phone match, and you know when I'm at a live show, there aren't very many of those. So yeah, it was that bad. But I, I, I think that Lashley, I think that 
they, they're trying to do something with Lashley and they are yeah. trying different things. And I appreciate that. I have this continued theory that, you know, early in the in the early when Lashley came back, they were pushing him as this dominant baby face. They put him into that feud uh, with Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, where they were fighting for a number one contender. It's something. But yeah. Uh, and they had the match at, at a certain pay-per-view. I forgot which one it was. And Lashley won it. So he was supposed to be the number one contender. And the next night on Raw, they had a rematch where Roman took it back. Or actually, I think they didn't announce that the match at the pay-per-view was for the number one contendership. It was just sort of assumed, implicitly implied. Yeah. And then they actually made it official, and Roman won the next match. And I have a theory that they were trying to push Lashley as a top face and as a contender to Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. But because of the total dead silent crowd reactions, they pulled the plug on that plan. Yeah. That's what I really Which think I was understand, going on there. Which I understand, because he, quite frankly, he's just yeah. he's hard to watch when he's doing anything other than being a comical, mm -hmm. like, super strong guy. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, and it was a good move to pair... I like the move to pair him with Leo Rush to start with. I haven't yeah. loved the execution all the time, yeah. but it works on two levels. It gives Lashley a mouthpiece, which keeps him away from a mic most of the time, which yeah. is a really important thing to do. It's what... It's what Paul Heyman does for Brock Lesnar. Yeah. It's what Zelina Vega does for Andrade. For sure. Um, it's an important. It's an important thing for a guy like that to be able to give him that kind of help. Um, I, I think it also works in getting Leo Rush some exposure on the main roster because I think he's a really talented performer. I think he's. I think he's a very entertaining. If you watch Two Hundred Five Live, you'll have seen him in the ring. He's very entertaining. In the ring. He's yeah. a very big personality. So it works on those levels, but they've got to start generating those crowd reactions because yeah, you just sure. haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I kind of. I really like the Leo Rush angle of everything where he's kind of like the slippery weasel that you know basically distracts you while you're fighting yeah. bobby lashley and then he does his little maneuvers yeah, and acrobatics yeah. to avoid you while bobby lashley recovers right. and comes after you to malia yeah he adds a different yeah. kind of flair to a typical cowardly heel manager for sure so. and like his first appearance was not great yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it was the pretty universally panned yeah. because of his bad chance the repeated yeah. lashley, lashley were painful, yeah. which apparently came from vince i hear so yeah. vince just stay out of his ear please <laughs> <laughs> but other than that i think he's been a great addition and has been something that i've enjoyed mm -hmm. with the bobby lashley thing um and this introduction to the finn balor match where bobby lashley said ah you're not worth my time you know fight my little <laughs> spokesman yeah you know to prove that you can beat me mm -hmm. even though you're injured and obviously i beat the hell out of you before you start the match right in typical you know villain fashion right um i thought he was a lot better so mm -hmm. that that's a promising sign yeah and i'm looking forward to seeing how that develops uh, i don't know how i feel about the whole finn balor versus bobby lashley matchup mm -hmm. I, I think they're kind mm -hmm. of a weird mix to go mm -hmm. at each other just like i thought the brock lesnar Finn Balor thing was kind of weird. Mm -hmm. I felt like it didn't work very well. Yeah, but I mean, it was an entertaining match at the at the yeah, at was. the actual pay per view, which is good to see from Brock Lesnar. Yeah, um, yeah. When he but, wants to sell, he can sell, and it makes for it makes for good TV. But it does seem like they're not a hundred percent sure where they want to go with Finn Balor. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of just trying to keep him in some kind of title picture at all times, simply because I think he's about as over as anybody in the company right now. Yeah. He's really maybe not as much Becky um maybe maybe styles maybe rollins but he's really up there in the top five guys that i think are the most over at the moment so they're keeping him on tv i think they're keeping him sniffing around championships just to keep him kind of relevant but yeah. it doesn't feel like they have a long-term plan for him yet yeah i don't want to rush to judgment but I, I, i'm interested to see where this yeah. goes and where and where he goes afterward now before we get really into this match i just want to let everybody know i am a huge finn balor fanboy. i love me some finn balor i am part of the balor club mm -hmm. 
Uh, I love the Demon King. I love his whole shtick. I love the point. I love everything. <laughs> I love everything about Finn Balor. And uh, I am always going to be on the Finn Balor home team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll try to be as neutral as possible. His well, face is on his t-shirt. It's if true. you didn't notice that. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Handsome devil Fan right there. boy. Uh, but yeah. Uh, the the match itself I thought was interesting. I I think it was kind of held back because he had to play the injury card for half of it, and then kind of get an okay pin on Leo Rush. But again, I don't know if this is the angle they need to be using him at. I don't think this is the proper title. I don't think fighting with Bobby Lashley is a particularly good feud. It kind of reeks of something like. They still want to do something with Bobby Lashley. They just don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to put a popular face with him because they know Finn Balor gets a lot of crowd reaction. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people, you know, maybe Roman Reigns, maybe Elias don't necessarily mm-hmm. when they're in ring. Yeah. So, And that could be a big part of it, too, is just trying to build the heel credibility of Lashley by putting yeah. him in the ring with a guy who's one of the most popular guys in the company. Let him bully the guy a little bit. Let him establish some credibility as a heel champion. Yeah. But it definitely feels like after Balor lost the Universal title match, it doesn't feel like they really have a clear direction for him. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I'd like to see Finn move to SmackDown. I think there's a lot of potential storylines with him there. Just picture Finn Balor versus Dan. Daniel Bryan for a second and oh tell me God. that doesn't sound incredible. Oh, it'd be so good. I, I think I think I think he's about ready for a move. We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, he feels a little rudderless at the moment. Now, one thing I did like that they were playing on a little bit, or, you know, kind of later last year, is the whole McIntyre versus Finn Balor thing that they were kind of pushing. You know, they had uh, you know a few others kind of jumping into these matches a little bit, but it was mostly those two. And I thought it was kind of cool seeing the whole like Irish versus Scottish, mm-hmm. you know, small pl- guy versus mm-hmm. big guy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, aesthetic. Unfortunately, McIntyre knows how to get smaller than mm-hmm. anybody on the planet. <laughs> uh, just I've noticed that every match he's in, he likes to crouch down and get as tiny as he possibly can yeah. to to get into his opponent's head or whatever. Yeah. The problem is he's a huge, giant, hulking monster. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be getting small. He no. should be getting big. Yeah. <laughs> he should be big and intimidating and scary, which he can be. We Absolutely. saw him live. He Absolutely. was a fucking monster. It's terrifying. <laughs> but he keeps doing this thing where he curls up into a little ball and tells you yeah. how you're pathetic and you're nothing and you asked for this. Yeah, and the Scottish psychopath becomes the Scottish bowling ball. Yeah, it's just... it's. It's it kind of sucks. I wish he wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I think he could still do the thing where he's getting in your head and shouting at you and you know right. picking you apart, but just be big and intimidating about it. Don't yeah. curl into a little ball. Yeah. You're what six foot five or something, and yeah. you're just fucking riddled with muscle and zero body fat. Like you, yeah. Be the intimidating monster you can be. Be right. the Undertaker type or whatever you need to do. I don't know if he's a Hornswoggle wannabe or what it is. But, <laughs> you know, le- leprechauns are from uh, leprechauns are from Ireland, Drew. Just yeah. stay away. But I think if he just avoided becoming smaller than life, mm-hmm. he could be an awesome player going forward, especially as yeah. a villain character. And I think the dynamic between him and Finn was actually pretty entertaining and yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think that was a feud I would have liked to see developed a little more. Yeah. So uh, the match itself, again, it was it was okay. It was fine. It wasn't my favorite Finn match. It wasn't my favorite Leo Rush match, for sure. Yeah. Um, and they did play the injury card pretty hard, and then they were kind of over it. And yeah. it, it seems like, at its core, it's just trying to boost Bobby Lashley a little bit and give Finn something to do. Yeah. 
That seems like the gist of the match. Yeah, it seems like a fine short-term solution, but yeah. it was def- they definitely left some untapped potential there. For sure. Uh, next up, we had our little moment of bliss, this time with EC3's debut. And uh, we had a little interruption from Dean Ambrose himself, mm-hmm. the true Dean Ambrose, not the kind of recent like champion villain boring dean ambrose Getting vaccinations in his butt dean ambrose yeah, yeah. Didn't get that one no yeah it's not as fun um but i how did you feel about it i know you're a little bit more familiar with dc ec3 than i am yeah you know, again filthy casual haven't been real deep into nxt yet but I was like, yeah, this guy seems kind of boring. Yeah, well, I think it was a strange way to roll out EC3, and that's exactly why, because he didn't speak, and I understand they were kind of going for a gag where he kept trying to talk and he kept getting stopped. I don't know if they're trying to build anticipation, but something you're going to learn very quickly about EC3 is that he's one of the best in the company on the mic. He does fantastic promo work. When he is speaking, he does fantastically. His in-ring abilities are where he struggles. He's a little limited in the ring with what he can do. But he's fantastic on the mic, and I really want to hear him talk. That is his biggest strength. That's funny because I can't remember a a single word he said. Yeah, he didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. They didn't let him talk through the whole segment. It was supposed to be a gag. But ultimately, you're taking away his biggest strength in his debut when he's being exposed to this wider audience. I thought that was a really strange way to do things. I understand the... There may be some thinking that they're going to build up that anticipation, but you're showing this guy to the crowd for the first time. You got to let him do what he does best. Yeah. You should have let him talk. You should have let him go on the mic. He could have competed with Ambrose. They could have done that a lot better. I also just want to say real quick about the moment of bliss segment. Um, I think they got to discontinue this as soon as they can because yeah. it's it, it it serves no purpose but for someone else to interrupt it and then you go into a completely different tangent. Yeah, exactly. We haven't had this complete an episode of Moment of Bliss. On it, honestly, for me, it, it's so forgettable. If it wasn't for Corey, I would skip the the segment entirely. Yeah, right. It's Corey talking about Alexa Bliss mm. that makes it entertaining. Yeah, everything else I hate. Yeah, I, it's just boring. I, I, you know, half the time I do skip it because I'm like, nothing relevant's happening here. Goodbye. Yeah, you know? and, and I love Alexa Bliss as a personality. I think she does great promo work, but there's something about this that she, that she's not being used to her best potential either. It feels really stilted. It feels really unnatural. It doesn't feel organic. It doesn't feel like they're playing to her strengths either. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what purpose it's serving at this point, besides being an excuse for someone to interrupt somebody else and then challenge them to a match because that's literally all that's happened on every episode yeah pretty much so we'll see um i mean we did get the dozer on it that was was, we did that was pretty fun pretty lady yes but uh i don't know i i liked seeing the kind of classic dean ambrose come out again unfortunately off uh off show he's kind of announced that he's not re-upping his contract Mm -hmm. or re-signing with wwe and he's gonna test the waters or do something else entirely we'll see and as soon as he announced that, they went back to using the good Dean Ambrose, which yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. So I, um, maybe they're trying to kind of butter him up so he doesn't leave. Yeah, I'm but not sure if they're just letting him, giving him some creative freedom, letting him have a farewell tour, or it could be they just want to maintain some good terms with him. Maybe they want to prove to him that they're willing to let him g- give him a little more slack, yeah. let him have more creative control. I know that's been the number one complaint that's come from him. He, mm-hmm. He's not leaving for the money. He got a big offer to stay for several years for top dollar yeah. and he turned it down because he wants creative control and it seems like they're giving it to him for now so you yeah. know i guess we can just enjoy it while it lasts so we'll see how that develops but i i, I again filthy casual really enjoyed it yeah <laughs> and yeah. uh i was very entertained by his parts of it you yeah. know the, the actual speaking part uh, and he put over ec3 i'm sure he'll put over a few more people before he goes you know yeah. that's that's the business so so we'll see how that develops. Hopefully we see a little bit more of the classic Dean Ambrose going forward and EC3 gets to 
do what he's good at. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, we had our big match between Bailey and Sasha Banks. Awesome hug, baby. Uh, versus Nikki Cross, who is the new addition from NXT, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, Alicia Fox, who's established. Uh, you're going to know more about these individuals than I will. Mm. Big, uh, big Boston hug mark. I just want everybody to know I'm a mark for Bailey. I'm a bo- mark for Sasha. Uh, yeah, I- I'm just as big of a fanboy about them as you are for Finn. So yeah. can't exactly speak about this topic with no bias, full disclosure. Yeah. So uh, how did you like the whole dynamic of crazy Nikki Cross coming out and uh, beating the hell out of the two and basically injuring them yeah. uh, before they got into the ring to the point where Sasha didn't really do anything. Yeah, well, there are a couple moving pieces here. So I was going to touch on it in the news segment, but Sasha is dealing with an injury at the moment. Okay. Um, so it, we're not 100% sure the extent of it, um, but Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, um, subscription required and encouraged. Um, Sasha does have an injury to her arm, so you saw her in her match with Ronda favoring the right arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if I'm speculating, I would say it looks likely like a hyperextension. It may have been on one of Ronda's uh, arm bars. judo throws or something like yeah. that. Um, so we'll watch that closely. She's supposed to be ready for the elimination chamber. I think this was a creative way of um, downplaying the injury letting Bailey have a moment, and also letting Nikki Cross do what she does best, which is not fit neatly into a face or heel box. Mm. She, is, she, she has been presented as a face so far. She's been fighting heels. She got good crowd reactions and a lot of cheers. Um, but she's really at her best when she's just a chaotic force. You know, she does not she does not have an ideology. Yeah. She does not have grudges against anybody in particular. Mm-hmm. She's a chaotic force bouncing around, causing destruction to everybody. And so showing her going after faces this week when she's gone after heels so far, it really does a good job of I, I thought it did a good job of presenting her as sort of that tweener. Mm-hmm. So between navigating around Sasha's injury, letting Bailey do what she does best, which is just appear as this never say die, never quit, big heart never give up uh, a character that she is um, and then allowing Nikki cross that kind of that different kind of exposure. I think that they handled this whole thing really well. I was really impressed with it. Yeah, I was, I really liked the Nikki cross angle. I think of everybody in the match. That's what I enjoyed the most. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the Alicia Fox team up dynamic just Mm -hmm. yet. Uh, We'll see how it develops, but it seems kind of random. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why. Unless Alicia Fox, they just had nothing else they could do with her. So they're like, eh, team her up with the new guy. You know? Yeah. And see how it works out. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see how it works out. But I, I, I wasn't really feeling it too much. Seems like they're complete opposites. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of very good looking, you know, kind of, you know, typically the antagonistic, mm-hmm. you know, very character. Much a diva. Yeah. Very much a diva uh, type. A lot of diva vibes from her. Um, and then the kind of very... Uh, pedestrian looking, mm. uh, but crazy and yes. unpredictable Torn character that Nikki crosses. Yeah. Crazy hair and brawler style. It and... just it just seems like something that shouldn't work, but it seemed to work okay. Yeah, there's something about it. There's something about the interplay there that I that I was intrigued by. I think Alicia Fox does have this little bit of unhingedness about her mm. that she showed she showed in the Royal Rumble when she threw that crazy tantrum about someone stepping on her hat. You know, she's always had this kind of little bit, little bit psycho, a little bit unstable, keeps it under wraps. So kind of playing that off of Nikki's just total chaos. Yeah. You know, there's something about it that's intriguing. I want to see where it goes. 
obviously the 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 ta- the women's tag division will need more teams forming quickly yeah. as we've been learning through the elimination chamber qualifying process mm-hmm. yeah um so i'm interested to see where it goes if they can form a cohesive tag i, I would i would be down to see some more of them yeah so we'll see how that goes uh going forward but really interesting dynamic it was a good way to kind of give sasha a break <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah make sure she doesn't up. exacerbate the injury too much yeah like i said that i mean that is bailey at her best going out there getting beat down getting pushed around getting bullied coming back up getting back up getting back up uh she just keeps coming she it was a great display for her she hit a lot of a lot of her best stuff she showed why she's one of my favorite performers in the whole company in the ring. She's a great ring general. Yeah. Um, so it was a really good showcase for her. She doesn't get a lot of those. So I was really happy to see that for her, too. Yeah. So uh, next up, we had uh, the kind of four-way title shot match where the Revival became victorious. Mm, yeah. Finally, some hashtag justice for the Revival. Uh, they've been calling. <laughs> they've been calling for a title shot for some time. They've uh, come close and... They got cheated a few weeks back, and then they came out the next week, and they cheated their way to a win. So the revival, you know, there's been some buzz about that uh, they're dissatisfied. Uh, you know, maybe even potentially looking at other options if they can get out of their WWE contracts. So, yep. um, you know, I think it's good to have them on TV. I think they're a great tag team. They're old school. They're cohesive. They got great tandem mm-hmm. offense. Uh, they're great personalities. So. Um, I'm happy to see them. I'm happy to see them on TV. I'm happy to see them succeeding. And I'm looking forward to Revival versus Glorious. I think that that match will tear Glorious. the house down. No doubt about it. Yeah. Should be fun to watch. Um, not. I don't think there was much to take away from the match other than nah, they're going to go up against Glorious. Yeah, pretty yeah. straightforward. We'll see when that happens. And then we had our main event. Uh, they did have some kind of a little bit of promo for it leading up to the match where Kurt Angle came out and was talking about... You know, Maybe not directly talking about it, but mm-hmm. alluding to the potential for retiring and mm-hmm. leaving the business and mm-hmm. whatnot because he's old and he just doesn't have it anymore and blah, blah, blah. And his confidence is shaken and his body's broken down and blah, blah, blah. Um, then they ended the show with uh, an interruption from uh, Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre uh, where they came out and openly mocked. Uh, how they pinned him and submitted him recently with his own moves and mm-hmm. basic tack- tap outs, the angle lock. Yep. Exactly. And how he's had to deal with the shame of being kind of usurped in the organization and uh, how he's been continuously underperforming uh, against the, you know, primetime competition and, mm-hmm. you know, and even the not so primetime competition lately. Yep. <laughs> and uh, in true antagonistic fashion, uh, they <laughs> threw off their coats and went down to beat his ass mm-hmm. and uh we saw an unusual savior for him yeah R- rushed to his aid Braun Strowman. yeah quite the swerve he said <laughs> let's get these hands and yeah. ran down to assist mostly i think because he hates baron corbin yeah um, yeah kurt angle was quite lucky lucky that he shared a con- common enemy with the monster among men yeah <laughs> and i i think it made for a pretty interesting match you know the tag team match between the two um i have trouble watching kurt angle wrestle because his neck is so swollen with scar tissue mm-hmm. and you know i know from the attitude era like the stuff he was doing back then and what he's been doing since like the dude's a monster yeah. like yeah he he's probably dealing with horrendous amounts of pain yeah every time he performs he's destroyed his body for years i remember they were still it was still an issue on the tail end of his top run in the early 2000s i mean i'm talking 2000s 
mid 2000s, 2006, 2007, when he was one of the top dogs. Yeah. I and mean, he was still wrestling 200 shows a year, even though his neck was hurting him then. And now we're over a decade later. He's still out there. He does not look right. Uh, I think the retirement was probably due. Um, so, you know, just seeing the continued struggle that he has to perform in the ring. And then they're also putting him in these situations where he's being humiliated. I, I think it's about time for him to hang it up. Um, it was fun to see Braun Strowman come to his defense and all that as mm-hmm. a feel good kind of storyline. But, uh, yeah, Kurt Angle's more than at the end of the road, I think. Yeah. And for me, just as a fan, like seeing him do German suplexes back to back to back and constantly landing on his head and neck. Mm-hmm. I just wince every time I look at him right. doing it. I'm like, there's there's no way you should be doing that yeah. at, at your age Absolutely. with like the amount of damage your neck has taken. Absolutely. Like, I understand you've worked out and got your neck real thick and pr- to protect it probably from right. more damage and ligament tears and, you know, spinal cord damage. But, oh, I can't. I, it's rough. I mean, and he's slow. Yeah. You know, he's, he's yeah. painfully slow, yeah. you know. Yeah. He does not look right in yeah. the ring anymore. And I love him as a character. I think it was great when he was at kind of an organizational level, like Triple H is, you know, kind of running things a little Mm -hmm. bit from that angle. Mm -hmm. I think that was perfect for him. Mm -hmm. And if you want to have him, you know, throw off the, you know, sport coat and actually go at somebody, you know, once a year, great. Yeah. You know, but I can't watch him on a weekly basis or even a monthly basis doing this stuff to himself because it just... It, it makes me not want to watch yeah if i'm quite honest and like everybody else in the ring i'm all about you know mm-hmm. braun Strowman, he's the big monster i love seeing him fight you know like mcintyre when he's not turning into a tiny little <laughs> psychopath a little scottish psychopath um and uh i love baron corbin as a villain because he's just so he's so so evil and despicable so weasley so he's perfect for the villain role mm. and i think that shows with the amount of booze he gets he every time he make the crowd hate him every like time no he appears <laughs> uh he's really good at his job so i should have really enjoyed this match but i just didn't mm. yeah. I, as much as i wanted to i just didn't enjoy the match because of kurt angle mm. and it makes me sad because i love that he embraces the you suck chance you yeah. know that yeah that were originally intentional but now have become kind of a loving thing that fans do and he comes out to his music and whatnot mm. but I, I love everything about the guy off the stage i love everything about the guy on the mic i just i have trouble watching him in the ring and mm. it's it's more because i care about the human being right. probably more than i should but I just I don't like seeing him just go through this again and again and again, knowing that one bad landing could, yeah, you know, basically disable him. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. He's got to hang it up. And and you know, I'm I'm also a person that's a big fan of Kurt Angle. When I went to my first wrestling show, I was sitting in the third row. He was in the main event in the title match against John Cena. It was incredible to see him perform that close. Um, he's he was such a phenomenal athlete. He's done so much for the business. He was. One of the first guys really to come over from another sport and bring that kind of outside credibility and not yep. just be a professional wrestling performer. He came in with those Olympic gold medals and brought something totally different to the table. Um, you know, uh, but he's done. I mean, he's physically done. Uh, you know, this main event, it, it just it didn't it really didn't interest me. Um, I took yep. notes on on some of the big things that I noticed when I was watching Raw. I took no notes on the main event because it bored me that much. I just I was I was I was phasing out for that. Um you know, Braun Strowman, yeah, I like watching him flip limos over, <laughs> push over yeah. porta potties and all yeah. that kind of stuff and flip people's cars over. 
in the ring. All right. You know, it seems like he's, his offense is limited. He doesn't seem to use his strength as much as he should. Um, this, and I did just want to mention one thing, one complaint that I had, Mm -hmm. um, related to the main event, which was they ended this match by disqualifying Strowman and angle because Strowman was the non-legal partner came to the ring and attacked the legal partner. Yeah. So first of all, I mean, 95% 95% of tag matches can end by disqualification if they're going to enforce that rule. Yeah. And the inconsistency was evident when earlier in the night, when the match between Balor and Rush happened, and Bobby Lashley grabbed Finn Balor, pulled him, Absolutely. him to the floor in, yeah. front, of the in ref, front of the ref, and there yeah. was no disqualification there. So I understand if you want to enforce the rules a little differently, I get it. Okay, let's start enforcing this a little more strictly. Have some consistency, please, yeah. because that's just totally even, even if my it's, disbelief in this yeah, situation. Even if it's not consistency across you know the whole universe or whatever the case may be if just in the show yeah the, the in, <laughs> yeah. if you're consistent yeah. in the show it was an extreme contrast. i can i can totally buy in yeah. you know it's like watching a football game as long as the refs are consistent for the game right. you can kind of right. forgive them for mistakes and whatnot you know yeah. if they're consistently not calling holds or something like that and they don't call it an egregious hold down the line on, on accident okay i'll give them some leeway yeah if they're you know not calling holds all game, and then they call a ticky-tacky hold at a critical moment at the end of the game or yeah. in the end of the match. Yeah. I'm going to be like, okay, this is kind of bullshit. What's going on? Right. Yeah, yeah that was the NFC Championship game of Monday Night Raw. Last <laughs> week, so just, uh, they got to they get a handle on that. That was not a good main event for me. Yep. So overall, I gave the show a 6.5 out of 10. Passing, but just bad. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I'm going to avoid the decimal numbers because uh, for me, I just have no way to define them. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's totally arbitrary. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> but I would, I would also give it a 6, I think. I think it was an improved effort from what we've seen in past draws, especially uh, last year's draws. For sure. Last yes. year's draws were hard yes. to watch, yep. uh, except for like maybe one or two matches. This one, you know, I, I really enjoyed the dynamic they were pushing with Becky. Uh, I liked the Finn Balor appearance, even though it was kind of limited with the injury. I liked seeing Leo Rush get to do some stuff for once um, and kind of shine a little bit, although probably not as much as he should. Um I thought the Dean Ambrose return to form was pretty cool, even if he did get kind of pinned in a mm. like goofy way mm. to kind of yeah. promote this bad guy. Roll that, up. Bad roll-up. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, and then, you know, Bailey getting the show, uh, what she's made of, and mm-hmm. seeing Nikki Cross be the crazy lunatic mm-hmm. that I want to see her Nikki as. Nikki Cross is going places. Um, there, was, there was a lot of good things to take away from the show, and I, I did overall enjoy it. So, yeah, I, I'd say I, that's a win. Yeah, the last, the, yeah, the only other thing I would add to that is just that uh, Monday Night Rollins was not on the show this week. It was very evident to me. I could feel the lack mm-hmm. of star power when I was watching this show. They've got to build some new people up. It can't all be on Seth. You really felt his lack of presence there, and hopefully he comes back soon. Yeah, for sure. Next up, we we can talk about SmackDown here, which is kind of, I, I think both of us would agree, the the better show of the two. Absolutely. And has been the better show of the two for a long time. Absolutely. Um, SmackDown starts off very similar to Raw, giving you kind of that deja vu feeling, where this time, instead of fighting with Stephanie, she's fighting with Triple H. Papa H. Yeah. So, um. Becky Lynch comes down through the audience, um, limping, of course, selling the knee injury very well. Uh, says that you know it, this is her title match. You know the McMahons are trying to prevent her from her time of glory and you know being on the the pay per view and being the headliner and whatnot. 
And then Triple H comes out again, playing the, the character like, hey, we gave you a fair chance. We just want you to see the doctor get cleared. Um, I think the difference, like you were saying, between the Stone Cold and the, the Vince uh, kind of situation was that you knew Vince was being a villain. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it seems the exact opposite, where it seems, you know, at least on the surface level, like Stephanie and Triple H are not trying to screw her over. Mm. They really want her to just get cleared by a doctor mm-hmm. because there's nothing prior, seemingly, at least that I've seen, that would elude otherwise. Mm. Um, and Triple H comes out and he basically has this conversation with her. Hey, you're suspended because you won't see a doctor. Then Becky... You know, turns it into an aggressive thing and says, "Oh, how's Stephanie? You you know, didn't get her medical mm-hmm. cleared after I bashed her face in mm-hmm. and blah blah blah." Mm-hmm. You know, throwing the attitude around, and then Triple H, the man don't play. Yeah, the Triple H came back, got right in her face. And I mean, like, I was looking, I was like, uh, I feel like Becky's actually a little intimidated, <laughs> like not just as a performer, but like literally intimidated <laughs> by him. Be. And I don't blame her. Yeah. Uh, and he basically says, look, I think your injury is probably fake. I think you're scared. I think you're scared of Ronda Rousey. I think you're scared of the opportunity. I think you want to use this as a convenient excuse mm-hmm. to become a martyr, mm-hmm. to have the fans still support you and still be the hero of, you know, of the organization, but not have to actually go and earn the opportunity to, mm-hmm. to wear the title belt and win WrestleMania. And I thought that was a an awesome dynamic and of mm-hmm. course becky you know pretends like that's like the case and you know plays the part who knows whether that's the case or not in the storyline we'll see going forward but that actually made the raw event uh the raw promo with her way more interesting to me yeah whereas the raw one i was like okay that was kind of dumb i don't know how that's gonna develop but triple h kind of spinning that around and making Becky look like potentially a coward. Yeah. Potentially, she's just faking it until she took she... it to a whole new place. I thought that added way more depth, and that for me makes Becky interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. we we've joked around about this how you love Becky and you love the whole dynamic. She's, I get why people love her. I totally understand. She's got the attitude. She's got the personality. She's got the history. She's got the performance. But for me, she's just kind of been eh. And I know it's really unpopular to say, especially among Be the still filthy, my heart. the filthy casuals. Also, <laughs> probably would crucify me for saying that, but I I haven't been that impressed with her. Hmm. And I think if they turn that dynamic around with this whole, you know, I'm taking the easy way out because I'm a little scared, I'm a little intimidating. That humanizes her a little bit for me to actually kind of root for if she does overcome this and that is the case and whatever, you know, however it plays out, then mm. I'll be totally in. And I think I'll find it much more interesting going forward. Mm. Um, how'd you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, I think that they could go in a couple directions here. Um, I think that there is a potentially very shallow angle. And then I think that there's a deeper, really compelling angle and the shallow angle would be Stephanie McMahon and Triple H go back to doing what they've been doing for years, which is playing heel authority figures, recreating Austin Vince McMahon. They've done it before. They've done it with Seth Rollins. They've done it with Roman Reigns. Uh, they've done it with all kinds of people over the years. Um, so they could just be going for that, going right back to the well with a tried and tested formula to build up Becky as the anti-authority figure. Yeah. Or they could be adding some depth to Becky's character. You know, is there some insecurity there? Is mm-hmm. she really, is she putting on a face? Is this just an act is the man real or is it just a persona that she's putting out there to you know 
conceal her own fears and her own insecurities. Um, I think that the way she reacted to that first with sort of a amused smirk that could have been, that's a ludicrous accusation. I'm not even going to take it seriously. It also could have been you're striking a nerve and I don't want to lose face. So I'm just going to pretend I'm not. Yeah, taking it exactly. Seriously. So it could go in either direction. Mm-hmm. And then you saw the rage at the end there. And when she hit the slap, yep. you knew that you knew that Triple H was getting to her a little bit. Yep. Um, so I'm really interested to see where it goes. Um, you know, obviously, I'm I'm big into the man. Um, I really like this angle. I think it is the best thing going on in the WWE right now. Uh, it's 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 captured the WWE universe by storm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't even keep uh, yeah. the man T-shirts in stock anymore yeah. because they've got so many orders coming. Even in. as a person that isn't particularly into it, I recognize that it's easily the biggest thing going yeah, on. Yeah, this like, is there's no doubt. This is a phenomenon. This is I think it's one of the best angles that they've had in years and years and years. I, I I've not seen anything like it um, since probably the early 2000s when people like the rock and stone cold were still around i think since those guys left besides cena there hasn't been somebody that has really taken the wrestling world by storm in this way yeah obviously it's very early she's only six months into this character Mm -hmm. it could fizzle out it could be a temporary thing or she could reach the next level and i think that this feud with ronda is the perfect catalyst for reaching that next level yeah um so i'm interested to see where it goes uh, I liked I liked adding that little bit of depth. I liked that challenge from Triple H. I think Triple H is the perfect guy to yeah. issue that kind of challenge. Um, so I'm very interested to see what what happens uh, tomorrow night when Becky's been invited to the next episode of Raw to speak with the McMahons again. Yeah. Very interested to see what happens there. Now, if they pursue the kind of deeper storyline there and not stick with the shallow oh you know you just don't know what yeah. you're talking about the i'm the man blah you're blah, blah. The badass yeah. let's fight yeah if they pursue the deeper storyline there where she is a little insecure and she is a little worried about failing mm-hmm. in the end or mm-hmm. something like that i'm gonna make a bold statement here that may be my favorite triple h moment of all time really yeah i don't wow. i loved Big claim. I loved how into her head he got. Mm-hmm. And I love that moment after he she slaps him and he just takes it and yeah. gets real close to her. Like and you would think from stereotypical wrestling that he's gonna beat the hell out of her or, you know, and then she's gonna beat him up and that's how we're gonna establish that Becky Lynch is a badass and blah blah blah. Yeah. I love that he didn't even he didn't even entertain the thought. Mm-hmm. He just stood there and intimidated her and just picked her apart mentally. Who doesn't love seeing the cerebral assassin cerebral assassinating? Yeah, <laughs> and that's that was just quintessential perfect Triple H for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm sure other people disagree. You know, his performance had a know, lot of moments. A lot his of performance moments. in the Attitude Area was you know just ridiculously over mm-hmm. the top and amazing, mm-hmm. but. That was so great for me. And maybe it's just recency bias. Maybe, you know, mm. I'll think about it mm-hmm. a little bit more and mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I'm probably wrong, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. But that was amazing. That I think was the stakes are so high that it adds something to yeah. it. Yeah. And if they don't pursue that deeper thing, it's going to totally fizzle out. And I'm going to be like, yes. well, that might have been yes. the worst moment for right. Triple H because right. there was no depth to it. Yeah. But if they allow it to go that way, I mm-hmm. think it'll be amazing. Yeah. I think it'll be a keystone for this pay-per-view coming up at WrestleMania. Yeah. I think it'll be a quintessential, you know, kind of storyline move to kind of 
really push this match to the next level. It's almost something they have to do because Becky is an underdog here. There's no there's no amount of posturing or fantastic Twitter trash talk that she can put out that will make anybody think that she's not the underdog against the baddest woman on the planet, against Ronda Rousey, who hasn't lost yeah. a match, who has the UFC credibility, who's had the title for this amount of time. Yeah. Becky is the underdog. They need to let her show a little vulnerability. They need to build that dynamic up. They can't have her pretend like she has no doubts about this because that would be shallow and and on its face absurd yeah of course she's yeah. a little afraid of course she's insecure of course she's not sure she can do it mm-hmm. so i'm very interested to see how they walk that tightrope of acknowledging that and showing that vulnerability without necessarily undercutting the man and the edge that she brings to the table yeah and i for me personally i think that uh, working the becky lynch angle for being kind of flawed and, and less perfect than she portrays uh her character to be i think that's a more important angle to go for because I don't think Ronda Rousey is consistent enough or good enough on the mic to create interesting storylines. Mm-hmm. I think you have to rely a little bit too much on Becky Lynch to make this event more interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Ronda Rousey's fine in the in the ring. I actually like her kind of MMA style where she's doing her yeah. you know her true form submissions and arm bars and triangles and all that stuff. I think it's great. I've never seen anyone pick up the in-ring craft as quickly as she has. It's yeah. Unbelievable. She, I mean, that first, her premiere match, I was like blown away. Like mm, yeah. I, I expected complete garbage. Yeah. And no, it was one of the best. She came out year. being a badass. Mm-hmm. She, she, you know, Nia Jax was trying to throw her around and mm-hmm. she was arm barring Nia Jax in the air. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Yeah. And I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. But I think since then they've been inconsistent with with her, where she's suddenly she goes from being the fan, uh, the badass, to being just a fangirl of everybody, mm, and yeah. being like, "Oh, I love everything you do," and yeah. like the badassery's gone. Right. You know, whereas before she was like, "Hey, I know you guys don't believe in me, and I'm going to prove you the fuck wrong because yeah. I am the baddest yeah. woman on the planet." Just putting Alexa Bliss through a table. Yeah, and it was <laughs> it was fucking awesome. And then they went to, "Oh, I'm a f- big fan of everybody, and I, yeah. I think you're you're a great performer, and I I can't you know I'll shake your hand, I'll shake your hand, and I, I love." Love how you performed in the ring and, and blah, please blah, stop blah. smiling when you come to the ring please yeah stop. Please stop. i i want to see the badass ronda rousey and i want to see it consistently yeah I, I think unfortunately her mic her mic work still needs a little work you know even yeah. even during that becky promo raw she was kind of stumbling through her lines and she was so at yeah. the end line where she's, she's like polished, ice but... where she said ice up bitch at the end yeah it was kind of flat yeah, because I, she had been stumbling with her lines be- coming up to that line, yeah, and then the line just fell flat. She's on not its face. polished, but I think she was taking the right narrative tone in that yeah, promo. Yeah, I absolutely. Do think the Ice and Advil bitch is the best line she has delivered in a promo so far. Which, yeah, you know, it hasn't been a super high bar because she has struggled in that area. Yeah, I think she needs to get less wordy with her promos too. A hundred percent. The man got a little uh, humorous on Twitter about today yeah. or yesterday, uh, posting about how wordy her promos are. I think they really have to condense it down. Let her just throw a few words out there. Yeah. When she is when she's in that badass mode and just saying, I'm gonna rip your arm off, that's the best version of Rhonda. Yeah. I, I do like that the last two yep. weeks she has shown more of that side. Mm-hmm. When she went against uh the riots last week and she had the handicap match and she said, yeah. Oh yeah, what are you gonna skin me like one of your rabbits to Sarah Logan, the country girl? That <laughs> yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. That's really the first time that I've seen Rhonda kind of improvise on the mic and really entertain me. Yeah. So I think they're moving in that direction. I want them to stick to it, stop smiling, stop fangirling. Be the baddest woman on the planet. Stick with what you do best. Yeah, I think since the Royal Rumble, she's kind of gone back to yes. the, the the version I want to see right. as a fan. Right. So, uh, looking forward to that. 
Uh, next up, we had uh, Rusev Day and his unholy alliance with Shinsuke Nakamura uh, as they went out to basically beat the shit out of the Balor Club. I was glad to see the Balor Club out there. I don't know why Shinsuke and Rusev Day should be together when the whole storyline prior to that was, hey, you are the reason my wife got hurt. Oh, I'm totally not the reason your wife got hurt. And I attacked you backstage when you came looking for me after I hurt your wife. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And you kicked me in the head from behind after I won the title. And then you give them a squash match against the Balor Club. I and don't. it's just, it was, I don't get it. I, now, for the record, I love Rusev Day. I love Shinsuke. Yeah. They're, I'd say they're in my top five favorite wrestlers in the company right now. Um. Uh, maybe Rusev Day number six, but pretty close. They're yeah, up there. They're, they're up, up there. there. Um, but I just didn't. I didn't see any purpose for this matchup, no. and I didn't. I I hope it's not a thing going forward because it doesn't make any sense. No, it seems <laughs> so, like two more guys that they don't know what to do with. That's yeah. what it feels like to me. Yeah, two more guys that they know are popular, that they know have fan bases, that they know sell some merchandise. They want to keep them on TV, but they don't know what to do with them. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, they're going to be a tag team, okay? I mean, they both had pretty uninspiring U.S. title runs, mm-hmm. uh, so I guess they did need to go in another direction, but. You know, now Rusev Day seems like it's about dead. They that was one of the most popular gimmicks that they've had in a while, and they really didn't capitalize on it. So, no. uh, you know, I think they really need to figure out a direction for these guys because they are languishing a little bit. I think. Yeah, and I I love the dynamic as Shinsuke officially as a villain. He's such a perfect Absolutely. villain. He's so yeah. good, and I think Rusev Day works that well. You know, also I think he's a good villain if he wanted to be. Yeah, you know, yeah. consistently a villain. I think, I think both he'd be characters great. are tailor made for heel work. Absolutely, and uh, I would like to see them up against a proper hero type babyface mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. not you know teaming up for squash matches. And you yeah, know, Shinsuke when he had the title, he was just basically not being featured on TV mm-hmm. most of the time or on the Hulu cut, especially. You yeah. know, I barely saw him. Yeah, same thing you with know, Bruce leading up right to the Royal him. Rumble, like yeah. just nothing. Yeah. Um, Same thing with Rusev. I mean, he was off t- TV for like three weeks after uh, after after his Christmas match. I mean, which is a shame. And I think it's probably just a, more evidence that SmackDown's so loaded. It is. Yes. That maybe they should donate some people <laughs> to <laughs> it's Raw. Feeling like that. I think Rusev Day and Shinsuke should just be donated to Raw. Yeah. I think they would fit Raw better. Absolutely. Uh, just because there is such a void in get Raw. Get Jeff Jarrett off TV. Yeah. Get Rusev on there. A hundred percent. That easy. <laughs> Please. It's really that easy. Uh, <laughs> but I think uh, if any characters should leave SmackDown and to help improve Raw, I think they would be perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are kind of more consistent with the Raw cast, in my opinion. Uh, and I think they would bring some star power that they're missing now that Roman Reigns is out, you know, with his right. cancer diagnosis right. and everything. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I I hope they don't squander uh, their opportunity to really flesh out these characters and Absolutely. make their matches more enjoyable. Yeah, they got to get a plan for them. Um, next up, we had uh, Andrade promo, real brief promo there where... Uh, <laughs> his uh promoter had a nice little dialogue there while he awkwardly smiled <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of weird yeah <laughs> um but the andrade versus Rey mysterio matches have been consistently outstanding mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. over the top way beyond expectation amazing matches mm-hmm. And clearly, they're going to bank in on that, you know, going forward. If anyone's ever earned a fight forever chance, 
please fight yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, those two are amazing at what they do. They're outstanding in-ring performers. Obviously, Andrade is a little limited with his English, mm-hmm. which is why he has his business manager yes. speaking for him. Yes. Uh, but um, I'm looking forward to any match between those two. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I liked what they were doing a little bit with uh, AJ Styles and Mustafa Ali uh, when they had that kind of four-way match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was amazing, too. Like, that that match was just... That was pay per view worthy. Absolutely. That that Absolutely. I don't. I was amazed that was on regular TV. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm looking forward to that. Any other thoughts? Yeah. No. I mean, Andrade is. Uh, I mean, he's electric in the ring. He's in my top three in ring performers. Um, I've never watched a match of his and been bored. He's never at half speed. Um, he he brings it. He brings it every time he's in that ring when he's between those. He ropes. Absolutely does. You know, last week when he showed up and attacked Rey Mysterio from behind. Just seeing him in a three-piece suit made me so sad <laughs> just because I knew he wasn't wrestling when I saw that. And I love watching the guy wrestle. Uh, you know, Zelina Vega is a perfect business manager for him, perfect yep. mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she said that this was the year of El of uh, Tranquilo. So uh, yeah. I'm hoping that that bears itself out in the coming months. I will say I, I do miss the Cien Almas, you know, 100 Souls yes, yes. thing that they were yeah. doing. Uh, it's kind of a bummer. You know, they just dropped but... Heavy Machinery's last names, too. Really? Yeah, yeah. Otis Dozovich is now Otis, which means how are you going to call him Dozer now? Yeah. And then they dropped Tucker Knight, and he's just Tucker. So I don't know what WWE has against surnames, but uh, we'll please, see. no more casualties. If anything, go with the surname. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? All right. Uh, next up, we had a, a, a Usos uh, promo. Typical yeah, Usos stuff. Talk about tag matches. And, yeah. yeah. Pretty typical Girls Uso and, stuff. Great yeah. promos. Yeah. Uh, Usos are great. That Usos? Match be, that yeah. match should be very entertaining. Usos are great in the ring. They're great on the mic. They're great at everything. So yeah. they're fun. They're uh, nothing new. Not exactly fresh faces, but they're fun. Yep. Uh, then we had a uh, female triple threat match where uh, Fire and Desire were victorious in the end, mm-hmm. which is cool. Uh, it's uh, fine. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was fine. I didn't go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah, some elimination chamber buildup. Um, you know, not loving the way that that match is shaping up or has shaped up. All the contenders have been decided. It seems now. like there's a pretty weak cast, and it then does. even the people that are strong are injured. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot of depth. Hopefully, so. Sasha gets healthy. I think her and Bailey are really going to have to carry that match to make it entertaining. Um, but this was fine buildup going into it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we have the new Daniel Bryan. Fickle! Ignorant. (laughs) Coming out in his home state and uh, having his match with Jeff Hardy. Those hippies. Those hippies. (laughs) They love the new Daniel Bryan and his Fallen Oak title. Yeah. So uh, this is not Fallen Oak, by the way. It's not. (laughs) Is it Daisy? Ignorant. What was the name of the cow? Daisy, yeah. Yeah, Daisy. This is is Little Daisy. Daisy. Daisy Jr. Um, I want to give you credit for calling this as being great well ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we often watch wrestling together and joke about it after we watched it and whatnot. I like the old Daniel Bryan. I like the whole yes movement thing. I thought he was a fun character. Uh, he's obviously one of the best people in the ring. Yeah. Um, and so when they t- turned him heel with the new Daniel Bryan and he's talking about the environment and all that stuff. I was like, well, I don't know how I feel about this. It's kind of lame. I don't know. Then I saw his first like big monologue Mm -hmm, as the mm -hmm. character. Yeah. I was blown away (laughs) and he is probably my favorite villain 
right now yeah. in the WWE. Uh, it would. Oh my god, he's so good. Yeah. And the way he interacts with the crowd, you know, yelling at the crowd, calling them impotent and fickle, yes. and, you know, and throwing hot dogs in their face, yes. and you know, <laughs> talking about how they're eating the dead carcasses of beautiful animals, yes. and talking about their, the, you know. <laughs> You should all be pollution ashamed. and CO two emissions and yeah, you know, Corey Haim <laughs> following yeah. suit and just buying a hundred percent into it and yeah. commentating on it <laughs> through the matches. Fantastic interplay! It's so great. Fantastic. I loved how they recently added Rowan as kind of the cult follower. Yes, and as yes. The, his intellectual cohort the eco goon <laughs> <laughs> and i loved how greenpeace Le- has got to get themselves some muscle like rowan oh I gotta my say that. goodness <laughs> and he's the perfect character to be in a cult yes so it, it fits perfectly he even had the theme song ready to go and it i hope perfectly. i hope they do something with bray wyatt you know yeah. going forward because i yeah. think that would be an awesome culty dynamic yeah. you know a faction civil war so I have loved everything about the new Daniel Bryan. I desperately want that belt. I desperately want that hemp belt he with the, the fallen, the fallen oak. oak. Naturally fallen oak. It's, Naturally fallen. It's, it's so great. Yeah. I love everything about this this character and how they've been writing him and portraying him. I love the AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan dynamic yeah. where he kind of got the hick kind of stereotypical trailer guy yeah, trailer boy. park guy country you know, boy america going up against <laughs> the super liberal leftist yeah, the yeah. ultra political pacific you know, northwest yeah, deep south green party <laughs> character and it was just it was fun it was it was a, it was a fun was dynamic contrast. no matter what your politics are it's yeah. it's just hilarious great watching contrast. this contrast Absolutely. and uh, two awesome phenomenal yeah. wrestlers uh in the ring uh, playing their parts very yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, and I thought this was just another fucking awesome moment for mm-hmm. the character, mm-hmm. uh, for the whole dynamic they're building uh, with the Elimination Chamber. Um, I loved how they had uh, Rowan up there talking about Galileo. <laughs> and <laughs> it, was, it was just so perfect. Just Yeah. Oh, you know, it, he never got that kind of intellectual nourishment in the Wyatt family. So true. well done, new that's Daniel Bryan. And even after the match where he's just yelling yeah. yelling manically about how they interrupted his <laughs> glorious moments and blah 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 it was just uh, he plays it so well he does plays it so well he is owning this character uh, so, owning this character so basically he has this match with uh, the Jason Garrett of wrestling yeah. the, the clapper yeah. Jeff Hardy who never goes away either yeah Jason Garrett just won't go away yeah and I, I like Jeff Hardy I know he's old he's a little bit slower you know they use him a lot less, obviously, but I, I do still like Jeff Hardy a yeah, lot. He's I think fun. he brings he's something, fun. and he's kind of a carryover from the old eras. Absolutely. Um, and I thought the match itself was is fine. I thought there was yeah. some there was some cool moments in it. Uh, I think Daniel Bryan had some cool, you know, technical, mm-hmm. you know, submission yeah. moves that he used in it. He is a maestro. Uh, I. I did like the whole Rowan interfering to mm-hmm. save his cult leader. And, yeah. And then the whole chaos that ensued with yeah. Randy Orton running out and AJ Styles running out. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. We I, forgot to mention he appeared yeah. in several of the matches gotta, to choke out the winner at the end. I got to say, Randy Orton's nickname, the Apex Predator, is being quickly co-opted by Samoa Joe because he was the Apex Predator on SmackDown Absolutely. this week. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how he just keeps showing up and keeps yeah. reminding you that he's going to yeah. just Every oh, time you think you're you. safe, yep. every time you think you better he's always, gone, yep. he must have left for the night, and here he is with another Coquina clutch from behind. And he is, <laughs> like Daniel Bryan, just fucking clutch on the mic yeah as a villain unbelievable just outstanding on the yeah. mic 
Um, I loved everything about it. I can't think of a single negative. Yeah. From that, I mean, maybe the match wasn't as interesting or fun as it could have been, but I I was still yeah more than entertained. Good and- elimination chamber builds. I think that that match is going to be great. I think that it. Uh, We'll carry that pay-per-view a little bit. I'm not loving how the card is generally shaping up, but that match is going to be supremely entertaining. Those are all excellent wrestlers, all mm-hmm. of them. Uh, you got a couple of the best with Daniel Bryan and uh, Mustafa Ali and Samoa Joe especially. Yeah. Mustafa Ali, uh, poor guy. Yeah, he, yeah. He just he just eats shit every every match he's in, but he's so good at what he does. He's the real new Daniel Bryan yeah. because th- he's going to be taking a beating for a while, and uh, yep. but I think he's going places. He's yeah. got a big he, future. He needs to improve his mic work a little bit. You know, he's a younger looking and sounding guy, yeah. so that's working against him a little bit. But his in ring performance yeah. is outstanding there's very little that he cannot do he's not limited he's athletic he can sell like nobody's business yeah uh, he's gonna make a bunch of people look good for a while but i think that he's uh he's going to have some moments in in the next year and i think he should team up with uh naomi and have a whole laser light is that right oh yeah know, led see? show yeah well, just have a led team turn it tag into a team. rave it's yeah it's gonna be a rave <laughs> <laughs> i think it'd be fun i don't know uh, mix te- mi- yeah mix match challenge next year there you go. Hundred percent nailed it. Team. Um, any other takeaways from SmackDown this week that you think uh, we need to touch on, or you think we got it? No, all? I think I think we covered everything. Uh, so I would just say final rating. Uh, well, I would just say Oscar not on TV for a second straight week. Yep. They had a fantastic video package for her mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed. I love the yep. video packages that they put together. Whoever's doing that in the WWE yep. headquarters, studios, wherever for they are. For full context, they do fantastic we, we both love Oscar. Yes, I think big fans of Oscar is probably my favorite female wrestler right she's, now. She's there's nobody that can match her in the ring besides you know maybe Charlotte Flair. I mean she is just mm-hmm. she's an unbelievable performer. Um, obviously she's limited in promos because of her lack of english but even when she does speak you know she finds a way to make it entertaining and compelling um i would oh, like to see charlotte flair this doesn't concern you yeah <laughs> we forgot to mention she was there during the triple yes. h promo yeah she was she was she mocking was. becky lynch but uh once again this doesn't concern you. yeah advocating to take becky's spot in the wrestlemania match so mm-hmm. that's another uh dynamic to keep a, an eye on but they really have to find a a, a direction for oscar i don't think they have an opponent for her yeah. this is the problem that they have with the smackdown women's division right now it is not it is too top heavy it does not have enough depth they've got they've got a th- they've got three people at the top and then they've got an enormous chasm before they get to the next level yep She's already feuded with Charlotte and Becky. She already had the match at TLC. She beat Becky at Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, Becky now is going in a direction where she's feuding with Ronda. Charlotte's kind of a hanger on in that feud at the moment. Yep. So it seems like Asuka doesn't have an opponent right now. They mm-hmm. uh, One thing they can do is maybe give her some squash matches just to keep her around while they build somebody else up and get some credibility going there. But they've got a serious problem with depth in the women's division on the yeah. SmackDown roster. I think and I hope this Asuka title run doesn't flame out like those U.S. title runs that Shinsuke and Rusev had yeah. for the same reason. 100%. That's what I'm concerned about. So hopefully they get her something to do soon. 100%. Personally, I think they should turn Sasha heel again. I think mm-hmm. she's way more interesting as a heel. Mm-hmm. I think she obviously plays the character very well. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I think that what they were doing briefly with Sasha and... Uh, uh, why did I forget her name? Asuka. <laughs> yeah. I think what they were doing with, with uh, Sasha and Asuka was kind of fun, where they had the kind of villain hero dynamic briefly, mm-hmm. very briefly mm-hmm. at the end of last year there, like November-ish, October-ish, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um, 
and that would give her somebody to really feud with where i don't think sasha really has a really good feud with anybody right now i think sasha is going to be tied up in the tag division um for a while um because the tag titles are debuting i think boss and hug is the is sort of the crown jewel of that division yeah so i think she's going to be tied up in tag for a while it would probably be later in the year where she would be freed up to start having some singles feuds um i'd be interested to see with the titles being interbrand, if she's going to be on SmackDown, if they are champions, yeah. Um, so there is the potential there for some run-ins. Um, I, I'm not sure how they're going to handle that, um, but she, her, and Bailey um, will probably have to stay together. So maybe they're candidates for the upcoming Superstar Shakeup to move over to SmackDown, add some depth to that division. They'd be great additions. Yeah. I was also thinking that Alexa Bliss would be a prime candidate to move over to SmackDown for the Superstar Shakeup. 100%. She doesn't have anything going on. Nope. She has a ton of star power. Yep. She still sells as much merchandise as anybody. For sure. She has, she's a five-time champion. She has tons of formidability and credibility. Yep. Asuka needs a feud. Move Alexa Bliss over there. It would benefit mm-hmm. SmackDown. It would benefit Alexa Bliss. Yep. 100%. So, what's your final uh, rating for SmackDown? Then? Yeah, I'll give SmackDown a 7.5 and, and a 10. Uh, I like uh, I like the Elimination Chamber buildup. Um, there was nothing that made me cringe, unlike Raw, so that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really blew me away. But, uh, you know, if they get Asuka back on TV, if they keep doing what they're doing with Becky, um, you know, SmackDown's still a very, very entertaining show, yeah. week in and week out. I'm going to skew a little bit higher. I'm going to go 8. I thought the the introduction was amazing. I thought, you know, with the whole Triple H Becky promo, I thought the the ending was great. I love Daniel Bryan and mm-hmm. the new Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. and uh, Yes is Dead and uh, the whole rolling angle and just the, all the chaos that's leading up to the, the Elimination Chamber match. Um, I thought there was some, you know, decent quality in terms of in-ring performances throughout the, the show that gave it plenty of, you know, um, meat you know throughout the show um i i there are some things that draw back a little bit you know we didn't see andrade fight we didn't see uh oscar fight we didn't uh see a whole lot uh from the rusev shinsuke dynamic where i thought they were going to be fighting the whole time mm-hmm. and you know really cash in on the whole feud they were having mm-hmm. uh instead they just kind of like made them buddies i guess yeah. which i think was just a complete waste of an opportunity 180 uh, but I did like seeing the Balor Club get some time to shine a little bit. You know, they have been doing nothing <laughs> for quite a while. So that was that was fun to see. And, and I, I'd i say from beginning to end, I was very consistently entertained. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it had some really nice highs at the beginning and end that yeah. uh, complemented it well. So I give it a solid eight. Yeah, SmackDown setting a high bar. Yep. So uh, you watched a little bit of NXT this week. Yeah. So what are your cliff notes on uh, the NXT? Yeah, so I'll just do a quick rundown of NXT and NXT UK. Um, In NXT, uh, Johnny Wrestling finally has his first singles belt in NXT. The guy has been putting on fantastic matches for years now in NXT. Um, He's a two-time Match of the Year award winner. Um, He does fantastic work in the ring. He does a very good promo. Yep. Um, A big fan of his. Look forward to his time on look forward to him getting called up to the main roster glad to see him with the title um velveteen dream uh versus johnny wrestling <laughs> i, I love mean, velveteen dream i can't I even i can't even begin to express how excited i am about that matchup i yep. want to see those two guys go at it asap mm-hmm. uh that's going to be fantastic uh, of course i'm a little bit of a johnny wrestling homer so yep. don't want to see dream take his title off him already but <laughs> you know it looks like they've strapped the i'm rocket. all about it. it looks like they've strapped the rocket to dream i mean he had a yep. great world's collide tournament 
Um, he had he had a great overall weekend um, uh, during the Royal Rumble weekend. So looks like they strapped the rocket to him. He's going to be going places. He's a young guy with a ton of talent. Um, but uh, don't take Johnny Russell's title just yet. We'll see what happens. Yep. Um, we had let's, Drew, Gul- Drew Gulak made his debut on NXT, came over from 205 Live, submission specialist, uh, went against uh, another debuting personality, Mr. Eric Bugenhagen. <laughs> Which was amazing. <laughs> Bugenhagen yeah. was great. I, uh, this guy popped in for that I, one. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It was so yeah. awesome. Bugenhagen's a great personality. Uh, good guy. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> Perfect comedian character. Yeah, great contrast for Drew Gulak, the no-nonsense, yeah. uh, kind of jerky guy, uptight. Uh, not out there to have fun. Yeah. So uh, the submission specialist is kind of hard to watch. Let's be honest, especially when he's next to all the NXT guys who are mostly high flyers and yeah. like very sound. Yeah, in, he's, in got a, he's got a very different style. Yeah, right? NXT is really there's a lot more spots. There's a lot more striking. It's an interesting fit to have a submission guy in there. But yep. I can understand maybe they want to diversify the in ring product a little bit. He is a guy that you know he's old school grappling. You know, yeah. if you like grappling, you like Drew Gulak. If you don't like grappling you don't like drew gulak i also don't understand how he was on 205 live the dude is huge yeah like how is it possible well you know i'm still wondering about buddy murphy so you know (laughs) we're just just gonna have to leave that one up in the air all right uh he went again so he he beat bugenhagen unfortunately uh the bro he threw an open challenge out there uh the bro matt riddle came out they put they put on a clinic and grappling submission wrestling yeah again if you're into that type of wrestling that was the match for you it's not my personal favorite style it wasn't something i love a lot but they both do it at a very high level that was entertaining uh, and then the main event, the Sky Pirates. Uh, huge Kyrie Sane fan. Love what she does in the ring. Uh, love her character. Love her gimmick. Uh, her and Io Shirai are a fantastic combination. Their tandem offense is next level. Their chemistry is next level. They haven't been working as a tag team in NXT for all that long, mm-hmm. but they do fantastic work. I was really hoping they would get in the Elimination Chamber match. Um, that really would have elevated that cast. Uh, but them and Bianca Belair defeated three of the four horsewomen of MMA, uh, uh, Duke, uh, Jessamyn Duke, Marina Shafir, and Shayna Baszler. Um, good little display for Io Shirai. She really got the bulk of the spotlight in that match. Uh, good to see. Uh, I think she's kind of, been, I think of those three on the winning side, I think she's kind of the odd person out that needs some more exposure. This was a good opportunity for her to do that. Yep. Um, I'm hoping to see the Sky Pirates come up to the main roster soon, especially when we're going to have women's tag titles. There aren't enough teams. It would be mm-hmm. a great addition. They're phenomenal. You, if you haven't seen those two perform together, get on it right away. Yep. Um, so that's it for NXT. I give NXT a 7.8 out of 10. I really like the show. Very nice. Look forward to uh, next week's match between Ricochet and Adam Cole, baby. Be <laughs> Ricochet is awesome. That'll be fantastic. Uh, Adam Cole is great. great, too, but I really love watching yeah, Ricochet. Ricochet is something. He's yep. developing his promo skills, but his in-ring yep. skills. I mean, there's nobody more talented than Ricochet. Yep. Uh, NXT UK, uh, Liguero was on TV again this week um, going against Mark Andrews. This was a fun match. Liguero's matches are always fun. They're, they're keeping him on TV every week they don't really have a story for him yet they don't have a feud for him yet yeah but he's showing up every week putting on great matches i gotta assume if they're devoting their precious portions of their precious hour every week to Liguero, they've got plans for him so look forward to seeing where they go with that zaya brooks side went against uh candy floss beat candy floss uh two really good young female talents in nxt uk they've got a lot of female talent over there a lot of depth yep. um you know these are two really young people candy floss is only 19 um and she showed a lot of talent um so that was a good display that was a good showcase for those two 
Of course, my girl Rhea Ripley came out at the end of that match and laid waste to everybody, which she mm-hmm. does so well. Uh, love Rhea Ripley. Um, so uh, presumably she'll be feuding with uh, Zaya Brookside in the coming weeks. So yep. that should be fun to see. Yep. Uh, Joseph Connors defeated Wild Boar. Looks like Joseph Connors is going to be taking this kind of unhinged heel type of gimmick. Uh to the next level mm-hmm. um he's an entertaining guy yep. uh he's a little unhinged uh wild boar you know good guy to feed to him it's kind of a guy that's intimidating just on his face and then uh to see joseph connors be able to beat him clean it builds up connors heel credibility a little bit joe coffee defeated ashton smith we haven't seen ashton smith in a while um good to see the fans didn't forget him Woo! Uh, so that, that was a decent match, nothing special, but, uh, good to see Ashton Smith back on TV. And then in the main event, uh, Joe Coffey's brother, Mark Coffey, they did a nice little transition between the brothers, one going off the ramp and one coming down, mm-hmm. uh, went against the ring general Walter. And I am very high on Walter. Uh, I really look forward to see what they do with him. I can't wait to see Walter versus Pete Dunn. I think that that is going to be a match of the year candidate. Um, Walter has a sterling reputation from everything he's done in other promotions internationally all over Europe. Um, he is just a big imposing force. The energy in the room changes when he comes out to that Dvorak symphony number nine. Uh, he is, he's something else. And he showed this week that he is able to sell. Um, so far he only had one match. It was a total squash this week. He was selling a little more. He was making Mark coffee look really good. So it was good to see that Walter can make someone look good. In addition to being the imposing dominant force that he is. Can't wait to see where, where they go with Walter. Can't wait to see him and Dunn finally go at it. I'm sure they're going to be building that for the next few weeks. For sure. Give an XT UK an eight and a half out of 10. It was great. Wow. Very, very high praise. There was nothing weak this week. Uh, I loved all the matches that I saw. Um, I love the way that they're able to balance the talent that they have with that hour. They really get the most out of their hour. Excellent. And I will abstain from rating uh, the NXT shows as the filthy casual I am. <laughs> I drop Watch in, NXT. I, NXT is great. I just don't have the time for yes. three or four wrestling shows a week, yes. personally. He's but dedicated enough. I have the comic show to run also. Be sure to check it out. Hit yeah. the books podcast uh, where we talk about comic books. Uh and comic book media so do watch that uh let's go ahead and touch on some news uh, yeah just a couple quick injury updates uh coming from dave Meltzer, uh the wrestling observer newsletter subscription required or encouraged as well as required to read uh his stuff but he keeps he keeps on top of this stuff uh seth rollins is dealing with a back injury at the moment that's the reason we haven't seen him on raw we didn't okay. see him on raw this past week yep, that would make um, sense he hasn't been at the house shows um not exactly sure the extent of the injury the only thing i know is that the feeling is that he will be ready for the next event he has that is really important which is wrestlemania so we're just gonna have to keep an eye on that hopefully he comes back soon raw desperately needs monday night rollins back out there yep um, so something to keep an eye on another injury sasha as we mentioned earlier is dealing with an arm injury that presumably she sustained against ronda rousey at royal rumble not necessarily saying that's rousey's fault these things happen um yep. But the feeling, according to Meltzer, is that she should be good to go for the Elimination Chamber. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's the case because they need her in that match. Um, WWE did officially announce on their website that the Superstar Shake-Up for this year will be April 15th and 16th, which is one week following WrestleMania. Um, They will take place, the two parts will take place at the Bell Center in Montreal. Um... And, you know, because they're in Montreal and because we're all waiting on the return of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I would yep. love to see those two show up for that show and for blow sure. the freaking roof off the I place. Know. I hope to God Ooh. they don't do what they were Ooh. doing with Kevin Owens before. No. The can't. whole Braun Strowman bullying Kevin yeah. Owens and chasing him around and pushing him over in porta potties. Yeah. 
It was horrible. Kevin it was Owens, so cringeworthy. Kevin Owens is one of the best overall entertainers in yeah. the world. He deserves professional wrestling. He deserves way better. He is fantastic in the ring. He yeah. is next level on the mic. I, I would rate him number one in the company on the mic. I really would. And, and that's saying something, but yeah. I, I would put him ahead of everybody on wow. the mic. Yep. He is fantastic on Absolutely. the mic. He's fantastic in the ring. They've got to they've got to start using him properly. Yep. Um, but I would love to see him make his return in Montreal. He's French-Canadian. He's from Quebec. Uh, if, he, if he showed up in Montreal making his return after an eight-month absence, he would blow the freaking roof off the place, especially sure. if he's there yep. with Sami Zayn. So please make that happen. Yep. And the other announced match, which presumably will be announced on TV tomorrow, hasn't been announced on the TV shows just yet, is Ruby Riot will take on Ronda Rousey at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view for the Raw Women's Championship. Yep. Um, looking forward to that match. I think Ruby Riot is an excellent wrestler. I think her and Rousey will have a good match. Yep. Um, I'm kind of disappointed they're only going to have a one-week build. I wish there was a little more to it than that. I For wish sure. I had thought of this a little sooner and gotten yep. it going a little sooner. Um, but it should be a good match, and the card needs it, so not yeah. complaining too much. And I I really love Ruby Riot. I think she doesn't get enough airtime, yeah. quite frankly. Absolutely. And When's the last time we saw her? In especially in a woman's league that has kind of a, a void at the villain spot right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a really good villain antagonist in the women's division. Unless you like Nia no. Jax, Carme- which we don't. Carmella is a baby face now. <laughs> yeah, she turned. Yeah. Sasha Banks is a baby face now. There's yeah. there's really nobody other than Charlotte, I guess, yeah. holding up the antagonist side of things. Yeah. It's all baby face heavy, and I think it's getting a little dry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the women's division just because of that. I mean, Asuka is a baby face. You know, Becky is a baby face. Sasha is a baby face. Carmella is a baby face. You know, just everybody who's in the ring consistently, you yeah. know, Bailey is a baby face, obviously, you know, yeah. like there's, there's just nobody on the other side of that dynamic. And it's, it's very apparent. I mean, you got Nia Jax, I guess, but her in ring performance yeah, isn't about it. particularly great. No, uh, is her mic work in my opinion. I, I think her, her tag team partner is actually a little better in yeah. the ring than she is. She's in a high bar. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, she is the hulking beast. So they they got that at least. She's yeah. basically the Braun Strowman of the women's division. Yeah, And she gets some booze. So yeah, know, she, that's what they there's a little something want, there, but, uh, but no, really the, it's just Charlotte. Yeah. Let's face it. It's Charlotte flair. That's it. And she just turned heel. Yeah. <laughs> so they're really lacking depth there for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah. Ru- Ruby, Riot. I can't remember the last time we saw Ruby riot in a singles match at all. I think she faced Bailey and Sasha. She, she, she participated in a triple threat. She hasn't had a pay per view singles match, I think, since Backlash of last year, and it was yeah. on the pre show. As, as yeah. She's as an awesome villain. She's so, a great. You know, yeah. her whole team, the Riot Squad, is great. Love the Riot as, Squad as a unit. They're yeah. great. You know, they, 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 I love the dynamic that they have, where they've got these three very defined roles. They've got Sarah Logan as the brawn, as the physical beater brawler style yeah they've got ruby riot as the cold calculating smart thinking villain leader style and yep. they've got Liv morgan as just the chaotic harley quinn yeah you know nihilist absolutely. you know yep. joking around you know for sure a little unhinged person the, the interplay there is fantastic mm-hmm. riot squad has got to get some victories generally but ruby riot especially has to be built back up as a serious singles competitor and hopefully if she puts on a good performance with ronda that'll be the beginning of building her back up to that yeah i fingers crossed i hope so yes yeah. I, th- I think she deserves to be in the spotlight more and i think they really need some more depth you know at the antagonist side of the coin for the women's divisions because it's just there's just nothing yeah there's and, nothing and, there and credit to ronda rousey i'm not a ronda rousey fan but she has made the last several opponents she's had look fantastic even in beating them she's sold a lot she sells very well yeah. she can make her opponents look strong i'm sure she'll do the same for ruby yeah so. i have i have nothing to say about ronda 
bad to say about Ronda in the ring. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been extremely impressed, and I really like what she brings. Mm-hmm. I think her mic work still needs a little bit of work. I think they need to write her more consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to be one thing, fine, just dedicate to it. You know, if you're going to be another thing, fine, just commit to it. But I, I can't deal with this back and forth. Uh, you know, oh, I love everybody, and this is great and wonderful, and I respect everyone, and thank you for having me here, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm the badass, and I'm going to prove I'm the badass, even if you doubt me because I haven't been here that long. Yeah. You know, pick one. Yeah. I don't I don't care which. I would prefer the badass one, but Absolutely. If, pick one. Absolutely. That's all I ask. Yeah. So. But she, the last several opponents she's had, she's made them look like a million bucks, so hopefully she does the same for Ruby. Yep. Anything else in the news there? Nope, that's it for the news. All right, so I guess we should go ahead and uh, bring up our topic of the show. Um, very similar to our Hit the Books podcast, we will be discussing a topic of the show uh, for your amusement, this time about the world of wrestling as opposed to the world of comic books. Um, this time we're going to talk about Charlotte, uh, that we mentioned earlier. Ooh. Charlotte Flair uh, is being discussed uh, as an addition to the Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey matchup during WrestleMania uh, as a kind of triple threat match. Um, in addition to her kind of uh, appealing to Triple H to make her the only contestant versus uh, Ronda Rousey for the title match at WrestleMania. And uh, there seems to be a lot of hubbub in the wrestling community mm-hmm. about whether this is what is needed to push it over the edge or not. Mm-hmm. So... I'd like to hear your thoughts about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really see both sides when the subject first came up, and there have been reports um, that the plan is to move forward with a triple threat. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really torn on it, um, simply because I understand the logic from those who want to see her added is the stakes are very high here. There's a very significant likelihood that this will be the main event which would be the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania. This is a big, big deal. Um, so the thinking is the match has to be off the charts. Uh, they have to capitalize on this opportunity. Who knows how it could affect the women's division moving forward. If it's not a great match, you've got Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey if they're by themselves. Uh, Rousey is still very green. She's improved tremendously, faster than anyone I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's still green. Um, and then you've got Becky who there is some debate about just how effective or complete she is as an in-ring performer. Um, Most people agree she tells a great story, which is the most important thing to me. Um, But she is athletically limited. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things physically she just can't do. Um, so she's, you're, she's a very poor runner. Yeah, that's I, true. yeah. Every little, time she runs in spring. a match, I always, I'm always like, "Ooh, that <laughs> little is not, cartoonish." That is not how you run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not a fan of that missile drop kick because when she, you know, she gets so little trajectory forward that she more falls straight to the straight to the mat <laughs> yeah, like a true. sack of Irish potatoes. Yeah, and just destroys yeah. her own back. Yeah, you know. So she's limited. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So I understand you put, Char- you know, for me, Charlotte Flair is the best female wrestler in the company in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlotte Flair's matches are straight fire, to borrow Becky Lynch's nickname in an unholy fashion. Uh, from uh, my perspective, I think Charlotte Flair is everything that Drew McIntyre should be. Mm. She's the big, super athletic, mm. super intimidating antagonist character that they need mm. in the company, I think. And where I think 
McIntyre fails because he wants to make himself smaller, you know, to play into the psychopath character that I think is poorly executed. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have quite the great persona. You know, people aren't quite buying into his villainous character quite as much. Yeah. Um, I think Charlotte Flair does all this without any effort. I think she just nails it. Yeah. I think she's a great villain character. I mean, I know people liked her as the baby face and right. she was champion for a long time and all that stuff. Her heel work is fantastic. But I think she's great as a heel. Yeah. I think she's at her best as a heel, as a big intimidating force. You know, she's not like Nia Jax, where Nia Jax is a big intimidating force, but she can't really perform, you know, quite to that level yeah in the ring or on the mic you know she's fine she's serviceable she kind of serves the braun Strowman role but she's not pushing anything over the top yeah braun Strowman's a good charlotte flair i think pushes everything over the top yeah i mean she's she would be an excellent addition i think it would be a great dynamic as a triple threat match even if it does take some of the kind of you know spotlight off of ronda rousey and spotlight off of becky lynch um, I know from conversations with you in the past that uh, the kind of fandom is kind of fatigued with Charlotte Flair's mm-hmm. kind of winning because she, much like Roman Reigns and John Cena's yeah. of the past, she kind of held the title a little too long and yeah. a little too frequently. Seven uh, championships in four years of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a bit much, but she's so good. I understand yeah. why. Yeah. Much, much like John Cena, like I get why people don't like John Cena. I didn't like John Cena for the yeah. longest time. I still struggle to like his character, mm-hmm. but as a performer, he's outstanding. Yeah. Like I, I would I would make the comparison Charlotte Flair to Seth Rollins in the sense that she has this mixture of athleticism and power that you just don't see very often. I yeah. mean, you, you know, she has the fact that she can hit that moonsault from the top turnbuckle going to the outside and just be so precise with it and land on her feet if she wants to land on her feet. She's yeah. done it as a corkscrew. Incredible. She's done Incredible. it as a corkscrew before off that top turnbuckle. Yeah. It's unbelievable. In addition to having this power where she's lifting people up in the triangle choke position and yeah. slamming them back down, no problem. Absolutely. Where she's carrying, or she's fireman carrying people up to the top rope. Mm-hmm. She has such a complete physical tool set. She is also a fantastic storyteller, just like Becky is. That's why yeah. they put on some of the best matches of the year in my book. Mm-hmm. Hell in the, their match at Hell in the Cell, of course, their match at Evolution, everybody knows about their match uh, with Asuka at TLC. I think those were three of the best matches of the year. Um, so Charlotte Flair is money in big matches. I mean, she's mm-hmm. the Tom Brady of the women's division. When you know she she may not give full effort when she's in a TV match against an inferior opponent, but you put her against a really good opponent in a really big stage, she's gonna deliver. No doubt, uh, it's unbelievable. So I understand that part of it. The 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 doubt that I have is I definitely don't want to take attention off of what is the hottest dynamic in wrestling right now, which is the baddest woman on the planet and the man. That is, those are the two opposing forces. You know, if you think about the great matches in history or even just the iconic matches in history, it was always two opposing forces. Not to say there haven't been great triple threats. There have been some great triple threats. Yeah. But they don't stand out in the same way. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the comparison I would make when we're talking about why two opposing forces matters and why maybe match quality isn't the priority, yeah. I would think of Hogan and Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three. Was that a great in-ring performance on the part of those two guys? Not really. Everybody remembers the scoop the, slam. The big, yeah, was, the big lift. Know, that was the yep. big spot. 
but that was that was these two, that was the unstoppable force and the immovable object. These two opposing forces going at it. Yep. It was an iconic moment. It was one on one. It wasn't the best in ring product, but it was the characters and the pull that they had and the credibility that they had and the energy that they had. That's what made that match great. That's the dynamic I would want to see with the man and Ronda Rousey. And then my other concern is. I'm not sure you can settle the feud if it's a triple threat. I'm not sure you can settle baddest woman on the planet versus the man yeah. if you've got that. It leaves factor. a lot of loose ends. It does. And it mean, it makes it more likely that someone's not going to get a straight up victory. Even yeah. if one of them taps to the other, it still won't totally feel like they've bested them because there's that third element. For in sure. Yep. So that's the part of it I wonder about. Unless they plan on extending the feud beyond WrestleMania, which seems unlikely. There is some talk that Rousey could be taking a leave of absence after WrestleMania. We'll see. Um, but I would like to see those two forces go at it, even if I understand I'd be sacrificing potentially the better in-ring product. Yeah, I I can totally sympathize with that point of view, and I I think in the end you're probably right. I think it'll probably dilute what they're they've been building up to this entire time. Mm-hmm. You know, WrestleMania is the big event. This is where they want to tie up the knots and finally get everything complete story-wise. You know, kind of crescendo to the the great climax you know that they've been building to and i think you're absolutely right in that adding a third party as great as that third party is and as capable as that third party is will kind of dilute the potential for greatness during the match and there is one other concern which is steve austin has talked on his podcast about the difficulty of triple threats he's actually said he would avoid doing triple threats at all costs when he was working and the reason is because it's much harder to coordinate this type of performance with two other people as opposed to one other person. And that's true in everything. It's always easier to work with one person than two people towards a common goal. There are more moving pieces. There are more things to consider. There's more communication that's required. You've got Ronda Rousey, who's a rookie, Mm -hmm. who's never been in a triple threat match at all. And then you're putting her in this high stakes triple threat situation. So even though it seems like on paper, you add the best performer, you're going to get the best match. This dynamic could maybe mitigate the odds that it is a better match yeah so you kind of have your finger on the pulse of the fandom a little more than i do you follow the reddit threads and you you read up on the latest news and blog posts and all that stuff from your perspective what do you think the fan base seems to at least the hardcore fan base seems to uh lean towards do you do you think they lean more towards the triple threat option yeah. or do you think they lean more towards the the becky um and Ronda Crescendo there. Well, the WWE.com has actually run a couple polls, um, and they've run a couple polls on their social media sites um, where they haven't necessarily asked this question directly, but they've asked about Becky and Ronda, and it's very clear that Becky and Ronda has more buzz around it than anything else. They did. Uh, they asked a question on WWE.com, I think, about a week and a half ago where they asked, which match do you think should be main event, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar or Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch? It was 86% <laughs> Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. Yeah. So when you see that kind of thing, it doesn't take a brain scientist to figure out that yeah. people want to see those two go at it. Uh-huh. I think you don't – again, I don't think you need the best in-ring product because I think seeing those two fight you're 90% of the way towards a memorable clash. 100%. Um, So I think if I had to guess, I would say if I were just spitballing a number, I would say probably 70% of the hardcore fan base, the real marks, the fellow marks out there, want to see Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey one-on-one. But I think this all could be a moot debate because I think they're going to add Charlotte Flair. If If everything we've heard that's been reported is true, if everything we know about Vince McMahon and how he feels about Charlotte Flair is true, yeah. I think she's going to be added. Uh-huh. I think the fans would rather see uh, Ronda and Becky settle the score one-on-one. So why don't you let us know what you think. Uh, what do you think would be the preferable option for WrestleMania? 
Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, or the triple threat option, including Charlotte Flair? Let us know down in the comments below on our YouTube channel. Uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, at HTBVids. This is all-inclusive. You can uh, message there to talk about comic books, video games, wrestling, what have you. Or if you just want to say hello, feel free. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at forward slash hit the books. You can check out our website, htbvids.com, where you can find plenty of lists, comments, reviews, and links to the podcast. We also have our RSS feed uh, linked on there. Um, you can always email us at hitthebooksvids, V-I-D-S, at gmail.com. I want to thank you once again for sticking with us and enjoying the show. Please let us know uh, how we can improve things, uh, what you'd like to see. Uh, if you like, would like us to discuss some questions on the show, feel free to submit them. Um, please do consider contributing to our Patreon page. It really would go a long way to helping us keep the shows running and uh, keeping everything up to date. Um, our comic book show, Hit the Books, uh, comes out every Wednesday. I'm tentatively hoping to have this show come out uh, over the weekend every week. Unfortunately, we got a late start to it. So that won't be the case this week. We'll probably see it right around the same time as Hit the Books this week. Um, but please do look forward to that going forward. Uh, we will try to keep a consistent timeline and schedule for everything. It's a little easier to coordinate uh, because you know, Emery has to drive quite a, a bit to get up here to record, whereas Dan and I, I'm here. we're very close. So <laughs> um, please feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Leave us some kind reviews on uh, Stitcher and iTunes if you could. And uh, be sure to uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. I think that wraps everything up. I think it was a pretty good uh, premiere episode. Had I a lot to it. talk about. Probably went a little longer than we normally would because we had to explain everything, of mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. um, Establish our biases. But <laughs> I think this is a, a good indicator for what you can expect going forward. Mm -hmm. We're going to get some more set pieces for the yes. video. Um, definitely watch the video because I do do a lot of editing and put pictures and, you know... Uh, kind of uh address what we're speaking about and sometimes add a little bit of visual visual humor in there so uh be sure to look out for that um anything else you want to add dan no i'm good it's fun so on behalf of dan the man maloney and myself chris holcomb i want to thank you for sticking with us and watching hit the ropes podcast we will see you next week thanks y'all <laughs>